and here we are in the studio. Yeah, I know, I put it on surround, so it sounds a bit thin, but that way we'll get... You'll be able to hear... Everyone will be able to hear us. <laughs> yeah, goodness, it sounds so much different. We have new headphones, and so um, we're just getting the hang of this new space that we're... Mm that we're operating in. I see I can talk around here. Hello, 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 hello. Oh, that's great. Cool. So um, I put some Celtic sounding music here and um, I thought that we should talk about an idea called Thin Places. T-H-I-N. Thin. As opposed to Fat Places. (laughs) Well, that's what I thought. I thought uh, the runway would be a thin place. (laughs) The catwalk would be a thin place. That's, that's definitely a thin place. <laughs> I thought of Sizzler, this uh, restaurant. Give <laughs> <laughs> Sizzler your too. But it means... Thin places are places where the veil is very thin between different worlds. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a Celtic term, thin places. I can imagine the accent, mm-hmm. I, which I can't do. <laughs> um, and so sacred places are classically thin places. They're closer to their portals into another dimension. And of course, Stonehenge would be a thin place. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an article here, I'm just, I can read it out. It says, this is a name for spaces um, thin, called thin places. It's a Celtic Christian term for those rare locales where the distance between heaven and earth collapses. It's a place where man seeks God, uh, uh, where another dimension seems nearer than usual. And uh, they're traditionally religious spots, but there's also um, classic places such as Hong Kong Airport, apparently is a thin place. Really? Haven't been there, have you? Yes, Yes, I I have. have. I have too. Mm. Um, And there's a Tokyo bar that's a thin place. So really? it doesn't say which one, though. That'd be a cool bucket list, to go to all the thin places. I think so. Um, of course, you know, thin places are in um, Ireland are the Donegal Cliffs, uh, the Hill of Tara, Sheep's Head Peninsula. Machu, Machu Picchu would be a thin Machu place. Machu Picchu, Angkor Wat would be another one. I read a thing once, I don't know if it was in Seth or something, maybe you guys will know, that... You know the way it looks like a diagram of a bar magnet and you have the magnetic forces where you've got the directional flow of magnetism Mm. out and then coming back in? Mm -hmm. And have you seen uh, diagrams of the Earth with these poles uh, uh, with um, the flow of of magnetism coming out of the Earth and going back in? Have you seen those? Mm. So I read somewhere years and years ago that there... It mirrors what happens with the body as well. Yes, exactly. And the heart. And I read that there were places in the world which um, were super concentrations of this magnetic energy coming up out of the earth and you feel these surges of of, um, positive energy that you should get charged by it. Mm-hmm. And then there are places in the earth where it's going in and you feel dragged, like dragged down. Oh, and yeah. the examples of positive were um, um, Machu Picchu um, and um, um, Sedona, Arizona, two examples. That's a very famous 
thin place, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And the and the going and the and the, the drawing in the kind of the the where it pulls the energy out of you was the Bermuda Triangle and Stonehenge. Hmm. Yeah. I think I think Stonehenge was a drawing in, but anyway, maybe these are different. Maybe those are different things. Um, no, they're thin places. Mm-hmm. They're places you go to, um, and you create structures to maximize that. Mm-hmm. Um, to create a doorway, a portal. Or to market so that people or can find it. to market so you can find it, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think of other thin places I've been to. Chartres um, Th- Cathedral was a very thin place. Yeah, and, and also that was built on a very, very ancient pagan, yes. pagan thin place Well, as it's well. a very paganly built cathedral too. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, got, it's got that old structure mm. where there's not sort of the, the altar at the far end. It's in the center and there's a labyrinth mm. towards it. And I've been there. Yeah, mm. and all the stained glass windows are zodiac. The, yeah. The signs of the zodiac. And you're going, hang on a second, isn't this a Christian church? <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of like... Mm. <laughs> we're, we're fluid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is a really powerful place. So um, I'd love people to let us know of any thin places they know of. Um, uh, what thin place have you experienced, Samo? Uh, well, the first one that comes to mind is uh, Uluru. Yeah. Mm, and yes, here in Australia, you can really feel the, <clears throat> or Ayers Rock is the is the Western name. You can feel the as soon as you hop off the plane, you can feel it. You Ooh. can feel the magnetism. The, mm-hmm. Feel the kind of, you know, on cartoons or in old films, you, they, people go wavy when they're changing oh, dimensions. You feel like that when you arrive. Wow. Ooh, and yeah. now I'm landing oh. here. Um, and the Olgas, which is connected to Uluru is uh, another beautifully thin place. I spent a lot of time there. I did some channeling there and some meditation, some writing. And the stones really kind of did the woo and changed into a like a spaceship type mm. of, um, you know, I had lots of visions when I was there. It was, and I wasn't on any kind of mind-altering <laughs> substance. It was simply in that altered state, that in-between place. Uh, and Thailand, I've been to some amazing pieces of land that there are no mm. formal structures there but uh, one in particular was a big arch created by stone <clears throat> just by erosion natural erosion mm. and i also felt that kind of well i'm in a different oh i know the here. place you're talking about yeah yeah um yeah i can't think of it either mm. um that you have thin cities such as Banaras or Varanasi in India, and that's a very thin place. Mm-hmm. Um, and Byron Bay, I've had Byron some Bay area is thin. thin. Yeah, and then there's this area between Sydney and Newcastle on the freeway. I don't where know it's if it's on the freeway, but the only way I've, I've experienced it is really on the freeway near the entrance. You know where that is? Yeah. I always feel like I go into a deep meditation while mm. I'm driving and I've had these amazing amazing aha moments and shifts mm-hmm. in that section of highway it's about an hour for mm. 45 minutes an hour it's been years since I've been long there but it can come over you all of a sudden mm-hmm. can't it? even if you don't know whether that's a thin place or not yeah you can feel the sense of what, what's this? Mm-hmm. No. What's happening here? Now the, the um, Maori have a, a notion of land called tapu, don't they? And where it's um, not a good place to go. 
Oh yes. So it's, yes. you can have thin places that are th- not thin but not good for you. Thin. Wasn't Robertson one of those? In no. The, for the Aboriginal. No, I mean I'd oh, heard. Really? Yeah, I'd heard that it was a um, <laughs> it was a hunting ground. Mm-hmm. That there were no people that actually settled here because it was too foggy and rainforesty and dense. But that it was a place that um, that um, was considered to be full of ancestral ghosts. Mm. Because it was a hunting ground, so um, people didn't want to hang out here. They wanted to come and hunt and then go back to the other settlements where it was sort of... I have no idea. Uh, you haven't heard that? That explains and all I those dudes walking to. through the fog that I've seen <laughs> at my place. Yeah. What? We probably have to <laughs> consult uh, an elder on that. Perhaps. Yeah. Well, I thought it was Celeste who told me that, your wife, who mm. is very in tune with, and she's she knows a lot of elders, and, mm. and I thought that I got I think that, that from I've her. heard that before, yeah. so I think that's probably from her. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, thin places, um, good and not so good. Um, I'm trying to think of other places I've been to. Oh, um, when you travel through India and Nepal, um, in Nepal, where the Buddhist temples are, these are thin places. You really feel... As you said, wiggly, what was that word? Mm. Shimmering. Shimmery. Yes, like passing between dimensions. Mm. So what it's is like through the looking glass kind of mm-hmm. sensation. So what's the so the draw of thin places is that it removes a certain density yeah. that you have to otherwise work a little harder to get through to connect with that other dimension. Mm. Yeah. I felt that in Rome as well. I'm not sure if mm-hmm. that's a I mean, it makes sense that it, they would build a city on a... On, on a, a thin place. place. They would. The Etruscans. And can you make a place thin? Can a place be made thin by the, by the, by the activity, by the centuries hmm. and centuries, thousands of years of human settlement and certain kinds of um, Ceremony. ceremonies and mm. so on? I think that's really interesting because we talk about places that have been um, uh, made toxic through a lot of um, mm, horror. That's right, exactly. A lot of human horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, so therefore, energetically, it makes sense that you could make a place thin. You know, mm-hmm. can make it, um, you know, more of a passageway to those positive energies. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't want our homes to be thin places. Well, that, that's why. Um, in a good way. That's why we put up little mirrors and arrange things in the... That's what the, feng shui does. Uh, yeah, feng shui. Does it? Does that... I think I, mean, that's I think feng shui helps sort of move the energy in a way that... In a way that it doesn't In the get same blocked. way that it's good to have the blood really circulating through your mm. body. And that's what exercise does and mm. so on. You want energy circulating through your home in a way that keeps things vital and mm. revitalized mm. and renewed. Um, my uncle and nephew were um, hiking up through Machu Picchu. And uh, they had a guide with them, and they decided to go into the ruins at night time. And the guide didn't want to do that, and uh, but they did. And um, next thing you know, they're in this building complex, um, and the guide starts to cry and shake and shiver, and saying, "What have you done? You've opened, you've opened up a doorway to the mother." Mm-hmm. And um, and there was a lot of strange energies going on, and um, and. Uh, and he ran out screaming. And um, my uncle and nephew had this very, very intense um, experience of strong presence. Um, and they, um, they finally left, but they felt altered by the experience. And my nephew um, 
doesn't really like to talk about it, but it was certainly a very, very strong and powerful experience. So they had a sense of a thin spot. So they kind of stepped through and then back out, back or out something again. stepped towards them and back? I think that they stepped through and back out again, mm-hmm. and it's, it somehow activated this, this um, experience, and the guide was absolutely petrified mm. and went running out. So, so mm. uh, yeah. I've heard of, um, <clears throat> when I went to the pyramids of Giza, I heard of, that they do um, nighttime tours inside the the pyramid. Have you been inside? No, I haven't been. been. It's it's really amazing. <laughs> it's really otherworldly and, and quite a thin space space that you actually physically have to fit through climbing up ladders and you know walking through. Have you done very that? dark? I don't know if I could yes, cope I with have. that. <clears throat> yeah, well, it's certainly not for the faint-hearted because you know you you bumper to bumper with people climbing through and this tunnel. Does it open up? For it you? does open up. Yeah. And at the very end of at least the area where they let you go, because of course there's lots of other areas that are blocked off that you're not allowed to go. <clears throat> Excuse me, but when you get to the end, it opens into a chamber, and it's maybe 20 <coughs> foot by 20 foot and completely dark. Mm. They have one light in there, and there's a, a um, security guard there telling you to move on. Because we sat down and we're meditating and opening, and you know, there was heaps of heaps of stimulation there if you wanted to open your third eye and really receive what was available there and of course because it's a pyramid there's Mm -hmm. that movement that circular movement (laughs) that every pyramid creates a vortex Mm -hmm. um so yeah it was a very thin place in fact i'd say the most thin i've ever experienced yeah Yeah. (laughs) um so i'm thinking for, for, for our tapping. Yeah, what's, his, what's the segue here? I think here? maybe it would be sort of looking at um, the ease that one of these places um, brings to our ability to kind of connect with that energy and or that stillness, mm. you know, or, you know, whatever whatever's there that we need at the time that maybe, mm. maybe going... Well, it, it symbolized to me an upgrade, like an, an expansion. Yes. Mm-hmm. Your awareness is, is becomes even more acute. It opens your horizons, doesn't it? The same way international travel sort of opens your horizons. <laughs> um, if you travel close to these thin places and you have these experiences, that mm. opens your horizons because suddenly you are um, sort of you've been exposed to another dimension, whether you're aware mm. of it consciously or not. And perhaps even more certain that there are many parts of you mm. beyond the physical. That's right, and opening up um, powers within yourself that you didn't know you had. Fantastic. All right, well that's what I think we'll tap on on okay. the other side. See I'll you guys s- there. We'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs>